Hello, everyone. Welcome to the ninth episode of the Wellness Chronicles with your host, holistic health and wellness coach, the queen of fitness, Miss Corey Nicole. I just can't believe we're on episode nine. I don't know where the time is going. The time is just flying by. These interviews are just so amazing, so inspiring. I'm learning something new. I hope you you listening learn something new, are learning something new. And if you're interested in connecting and sitting down and talking to me, go follow me on my Instagram at Corey Nicole Fit. Follow the link in my bio to fill out the Google document to be featured on the podcast. And as always, do not forget to hit that little bell button, hit that follow button so you're notified when I post new episodes. I typically post every single Monday and I've been very consistent about that. Sometimes, who knows, I might post on a Tuesday instead, but I will notify you by following my Instagram. That is the main place to connect with me. So please connect with me. I would love to hear from you. I am looking for more individuals to be featured on my show. So enjoy this episode and yeah, I'll talk to you at the end. All right. So Juliana, thank you so, so much for joining me. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Feeling good. Where are you from? What's your occupation? And what's a little fun fact about you? Um, I'm from Wilmington, Delaware. Uh, I am 19 years old. Uh, I'm a waitress. And uh, fun fact, I just got a job at Iron Hill Brewery. Oh, nice. What are you gonna be doing there? Serving. Just serving. That's awesome. Yeah. Still, is that I'm guessing a pretty um, I want to use the word bumping, and I don't know why. Is that a pretty bumping place? <laughs> it is bumping, like bumping, bumping place in your area. <laughs> yeah, uh, all the businessmen go there. It's like oh. in the middle of like a city, a corporate city, so like oh. a lot of like the bankers and stuff like that go there. I just came from uh, Olive Garden, so I was serving up breadsticks for a while, but <laughs> okay. No, I think this is a step up, and I think you'll have fun. There's a local brewery close to where I live and I've always wanted to serve there, but I was off doing other ventures, not bartending. So anyways, long story short, I think you're going to have a great time. They always looked like they were having fun. All right. We'll get into our juicy questions here. Serious, not really serious, but I like to joke that they're serious. When did you start your wellness journey? Mm, Sir, I... I had been always like interested in wellness since I was like 14. Um, but seriously, probably around a year and a half ago. So like a little before the lockdown. Okay. And what made you decide to start? I think, especially, like I said, with lockdown, I think we were all kind of like striving for something to do something to occupy our minds. And I guess, especially with social media, I think I fell into, um, that, that and maybe like in a very negative way at first too. Um, but it was mostly just something to do and something to occupy, something to feel accomplished. And so that's, yeah. that's how I started. Yeah. Trying to just at least motivate yourself to right. get up out of bed. Exactly. Because yeah, with everyone being told right. to stay home, like then how are you supposed to stay motivated in doing anything? And then I'm sure because you, you said you come from a serving background that you 
kind of like lost your job a little bit? D- did you lose yeah. your job a little bit? You were laid off. Do you want, maybe want to go into that a little bit more too? Did that kind of play a role? Yeah, I've always been kind of, and my family's the same way. Um, oh, my grandmother's the same way. Um, we've always been like, can't sit still. Like I have to be stimulated. I think, I, okay, I don't want to self-diagnose myself, but I think I have some sort of like ADHD. So like, I always like, I need physical <laughs> stimulation. Yeah. Or, like, I don't know what to do. So like- You need that serving, extrovert stimulation. Exactly. Yeah. So serving um, did that. And serving and just keeping physically active does that for me. Like I, I'm able to relax afterwards, whether like, I don't, I don't understand how people like, like I, I get up really, really early and then like, I, but I'm like crashing at like 10. I'm like the grandma, yes. but. I am yeah. with you on that now too, like 100%. And I just, I really resonate with your analogy right now too, where yeah, like you always have so much energy right. that you need to release that. I was thinking about this the other day. So I have, I have two cats we're like cats. We have those bursts of energy that we need to let out sometimes. And then we like, I feel like I always have to be doing something. So like, I can't sit still and watch a show. I, yes. I have to be like physically like a bake. That's why I like, I love healthy baking. I love cooking. Um, I love going out to the store. Like, I just like being surrounded by stimulation. Yeah. You know? yeah and so. I resonate with that too, because sometimes I'll be watching a show. I'll get up and go do something just something completely else there I yeah no I I totally relate to you on that yeah all right so how has your fitness and wellness routine evolved over this year year and a half uh I definitely I learned a lot more uh so I'm a lot more educated I still have a, a lot to learn and I'm looking forward to learning more about it um definitely it, like I said, it, I started out maybe not in the most like positive of mind space and I wasn't doing it for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. And I still struggle with that. Um, and I'm working on it, but I think one of the main things is I've just used it as a tool to make me feel better. And I stopped focusing as much on like the aesthetics. Don't get me wrong. I still focus a lot on that too, because it's just, you have certain like goals. It's good yeah. to be able to see, you know, what you're putting in your work. Um, but I think I just, I've developed more of a healthier relationship and I still, I'm working on my relationship. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to be transparent. Um, yeah. like a lot of people, I think there's a lot of negative attachment to the wellness and fitness journey because there's so much just stuff on social media that is just bad and um, we're working on it so yeah and then sometimes too you don't know if what you are following is actually healthy right or the right right way or healthy for your body anyway because we are all so different we're all so Mm -hmm. unique and it's definitely trial and error figuring out what works for you what doesn't work for you right and then controlling who you're following so another Another woman on the podcast made a very good point about that as well, where at some point she just started unfollowing even some certain body types that weren't like hers. Right. Of course, that's an unrealistic idea or expectation that you're going to have. You're different from the person next to you. And it's even in real life, but with social media, it just heightens it because it's so easy to access. Yes. Right there in our pocket. Yeah. And that's one thing also too, that I've, I've actually, I've grown to learn is just like 
staying in your own lane and comparing yourself to you because Mm -hmm. ultimately like and honestly like I don't really have that urge anymore I don't compare myself in a negative way like oh I wish I looked like her because honestly I don't wish I looked like her I want to look like me I want to compare myself to me exactly for myself but I don't necessarily like look at someone else as much anymore and be like wow like I I want to be that because I don't know I heard a quote one time and it they said wishing to be like someone else is wasting the person that you are and it's stuck with me so and I'm resonating with that from you I'm sorry I'm like blabbing I don't (laughs) know you're fine that is okay for this podcast and I'm sure others listening to this like this is also why I wanted to start this platform was to get voices out there to get others out there other ways of thinking like just that's awesome. I don't yeah. know, have a healthier conversation around all of this stuff. And um, yeah, I think that's just a good segue into our next question. Where do you see yourself in one year from now on this journey? Like mentally or physically? All of it, because it is all a mind, body, spirit journey. We're going to, you know what? I'm going to kind of make that distinction with it now too. Cause that was a good question for me, the whole chunk and like even spiritually just going off of what you believe and your values and, you know, cause I know everyone has a difference with that as well. So like what resonates with you is ultimately what I'm trying to get at with adding the spirituality in there. Um, just having a better connection to myself and my personality. Cause I feel like there's a lot that I don't know about myself. And a lot of times I just, I feel confused. And I feel like I learned that also that's okay. Cause for a while I was just like, I was telling my grandparents and I was like, I'm like, like, I don't know who I'm supposed to be. I don't know how, like what I'm supposed to do. And so ultimately in a year, I hope to have more insight on that. And I know I'm always going to be like growing and I just, mm-hmm. I just want to grow physically too. I want to get some more muscle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we're building strong girls in this community too we're strong. not looking at skinny right. we're not looking for skinny we're looking for strong women which we are all strong women we are mentally and physically yes <laughs> <sighs> all right I was kind of waiting to see if you had anything more to say about that question but we will hold you to that we'll have another interview in a year because I'm sure we're gonna awesome. I'd love that yeah I feel like at some point too, cause I'm going to have so many people on this podcast that I'm going to need to like, even go back in my, uh, my directory and be like, okay, I need to look up this person again. I need to look up this person. It's just <laughs> going to be awesome. a lot. That's all right. I hope, that, forming- I hope, I hope so for you. Thank you. Forming the community, forming, Amen. I don't know, seeing where this takes me, takes us, but all right. My f- final and favorite question for you what piece of advice do you wish you had before starting this journey? Mm. Don't be afraid. Just go for it and educate yourself and trust yourself, your gut, what you feel is right. And just ultimately, like I said, just stay in your lane. Don't compare yourself to other people. It's not worth it. And it's a waste of your time. So, and stay true to yourself. That's beautiful. Juliana, thank you so, so much for being on this episode with me, for even just sitting down to talk with me. Thank you for having me.
for you. So Lily, thank you so, so much for sitting down with me to do this podcast. Super excited. So how about you give us a little bit about yourself? Where are you from occupation and a little fun fact? Sure. Um, So I'm from Michigan, not originally born here, moved here from Russia when I was younger. So not an American, I am an American citizen, not an American, Um, but consider myself American enough. Love it. So um, let's see. Occupation, I'm a behavior analyst. I have my master's in psychology specializing in applied behavior analysis, and I am like 15 days from being a certified health and wellness coach. So very close. Snaps. Yes. Yes, very close. Um, let's see. I have been in fitness and nutrition for about seven years. I competed in about five bodybuilding competitions. Um, wrecked my relationship with food a little bit. It was a great experience until it wasn't. Um, so I used my experience in behavior analysis to kind of revamp that and teach myself some new behaviors and kind of bring that relationship back and now I'm much better eater um, still really enjoy exercise and I worked with kids with autism for about five years applying behavior analytic interventions and teaching them new skills around life um, everything from talking to uh, making decisions to you know, writing, things like that. Um, And in the last year, I opened a health and wellness coaching business and decided to specialize in ADHD. And so now I teach ADHDers skills around health, nutrition, fitness, wellness, and whatnot, um, for them to be able to, you know, live their best life with ADHD, create systems around their diagnosis. And yeah, um, let's see. Oh, fun fact. I <laughs> own mantises. I'm a mantis owner. I'm a mantis mama. So that's my fun hobby. <laughs> that is a yeah. new one. I love that. Yeah. Mantises. Which is funny. Oh. Had you asked me two years ago, I would not, I, I could kill bugs, but touch them. No, no. And now, now like they'll walk on my hands and whatnot. It was funny. Funny how life works, right? Yeah. Like, and I also love <laughs> hearing about the progression of like kind of where you started and then yeah your own life experiences leading you to like where you are today like that's such an amazing progression and then just you using your knowledge when you were suffering from an eating disorder like I kind of want to maybe not necessarily like an eating, eating disorder um yeah but the like your unhealthy habits sure. I mean yeah. that's always the word that I go to so I apologize trying to make sure I'm <laughs> labeling it correctly and how you you said it yeah but like, can you like elaborate on that a little bit more? Like, I'm just curious. Yeah, so definitely had some disordered eating going on there. Um, I don't know how many of your listeners know what bodybuilding generally entails, but there's a lot of restriction for oftentimes period, long periods of time. So 12 to 15 weeks at a time, sometime even longer, depending on how your season is. So if you have a good coach, um, and I have had good coaches, they will not put you in a very large deficit until you absolutely, unless you absolutely need to, because you're not, you know, hitting weight or whatnot, and you're really close to stage time. Um, 
the thing that I learned over time is you as a person need to have a particular set of skills in place before you can go on and compete and do it in a healthy manner to where you understand not just how to count macros because anybody can learn that, but also how to make sure that you're, you know, intuitively eating outside of counting macros. Like when you're not counting macros, what's your nutrition look like? Are you like binging your way through your refrigerator because you're scared that you're not going to have this food tomorrow or you're not gonna be able to have this food tomorrow? Are you, um, you know, like restricting yourself so much in your off season during the week so you can go and enjoy time with your friends? Like what are your satiety and your hunger cues looking like? Like things like that. I didn't have that. Um, I was, I went from, so the reason that I started competing was because I went through a small depressive phase in my undergrad. And so my therapist was like, we need to get you out of this and get you moving and put you in a headspace where you're kind of transforming that negative energy into something positive. And I was like, I really want to like get back into the gym and compete. And so that went, I went from eating whatever, like a normal person, just whenever I wanted. Um, I was fairly small already, just like had a regular normal fast metabolism um, mm-hmm. to tracking macros. And like that was, it was a learning experience. Obviously I learned a lot and don't get me wrong. I definitely still think that it's beneficial for some people to learn how to track macros because you track macros and you have the opportunity to look at the numbers and understand, okay, so an apple has 24 grams of carbs you know, chicken has 24 grams of protein, like, unless you're actively tracking and reading, you don't know that. So when you go to intuitively, I guess I shouldn't say intuitively, but mindfully eat, Mm -hmm. you, um, that knowledge just isn't there. So even if you did want to see or approximate how many carbs, proteins, fats you're having, um, you don't have that knowledge to be able to do that. So I will say that did help me with that. Um, in the future, I still, you know, I know random numbers for random foods because I did that for so long. Yeah. And it's nice because I can kind of sit there and be like, okay, um, so today maybe had like 150 grams of carbs or this many fats, you know? Um, but I, I did that for so long that it seemed like I lost other skills. Like I lost the skill to be able to tie into my hunger cues because I was always time timed eating yeah um you know I lost the skill to be able to really enjoy food without feeling like it's going to be gone the next day so I need to like shove it down my throat because I don't know when I'm going to have this again like so in behavior analysis we really talk about the importance of deprivation and satiation mm-hmm. obviously if you're deprived of something you're going to want it more if you're satiated on something you don't care for it as much right yeah and so in bodybuilding you have that state of deprivation for like years like and so the only time that you get to really enjoy food is when your coach is like go get a refeed or the day or three after a show where you've hoarded so much food that you're now trying to finish all of the food that you hoarded and I, I will call it hoarding and I'm sure some people in the bodybuilding world will be like oh my gosh you're so horrible I've seen people take pictures of full excuse my language, fucking tables of like food and it's wild and they bring it and share it with their friends. And I'm like, this is the culture, but this is the unhealthy side of, 
you know, the culture um, that nobody really ever talks about. Everyone's like, oh, this wonderful sport. Is it though? You know, like, yeah, you, you talk to most professionals who know the science behind disordered eating and know the science and psychology behind um, eating in general and what your nutrition looks like. And they'll be like, bodybuilding isn't a healthy sport necessarily, right? Like you go and you, I've, I've seen pros be at 900 calories. They're eating like a toddler for weeks on end, but they're lean. They're they're winning pro cards. (laughs) Isn't it right? Like, but they're winning pro cards, right? They're making money. And that's, that's all that matters. And so like, I was hungry. I was chasing a poker card. That's what I wanted. Yeah. And then I, um, I met my husband who was a nutrition scientist and he was like, you have some serious stuff that you need to deal with. Um, the thing that really set it off for me, and this was, I think three years ago, where I was like, all right, we gotta, we gotta do something about this disordered eating yeah. was I, I, I'm fairly, I'm fairly flexible with my eating. I enjoy foods when I want. Um, but I went through a time where my husband and I, we like to enjoy like gummy bears and stuff together. And we had a pack at home and I, there were like nine gummy bears in there. And I kid you not, I was full. We had dinner, we had snacks, like I was eating past fullness, mm-hmm. but I was like, I have to throw this bag away. Like why there are only nine of them in there. Like we may as well finish it so I can throw away the bag. And he's like, do you hear yourself? Like, this is so unhealthy. The fact that you would yeah. rather eat past fullness than just leave the nine gummy bears in there and save yeah. it for tomorrow or something. And like that kind of clicked in me and I was like, oh my gosh, you're right. Like that's so horrible. And I did this all the time. And I started thinking about how I did this all the time and picking out moments and recognizing when I did this. And I was like, all right, this is kind of a problem. Um, so I decided to, I did, I I decided to stop tracking whatsoever. Like Mm -hmm. I don't, I literally only look at my fitness pal now to see what my clients are tracking, if they're tracking. Um, and I, was like, okay, so three meals a day, let's try to hit that and just kind of see how I feel. Um, I learned what satiety hunger cues were and would literally sit there and think about how I felt as I was eating. And at some point it got to where I was able to kind of stop myself and be like, okay, so I feel fairly full. Um, Do I want dessert? If I want dessert, let's stop now and leave that room for dessert. Um, Or Lately, I've been a really working with my hunger cues specifically just because I'm ADHD and on Adderall. So yeah, that's a whole thing in itself. But um, wow. just the layers of your story. And then thank you for sharing. Like, <laughs> I'm even learning more about bodybuilding because I haven't really done my own research really in it. I also personally too, that's not my goal of how I want to look wise mm-hmm. either. Like I feel just in my own opinion, like there are the extreme sides of bodybuilding. Like we have yes. kind of discussed too, where sometimes women just don't even look like a woman anymore. And that's even kind of scary yeah. that it's in itself like yeah. too. Cause it's like, yeah, we're losing our estrogen. And then the things that happen, Your hormones are all messed yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah. So 
But so thank you so much for educating me and even the others listening to this podcast who aren't as informed in bodybuilding. And I think that's honestly too, with every sport though, you have those extreme sides. I think the unhealthy sides are untalked about, of course, with, because no one wants to see that. No one wants to like hear about the actual process that it takes to get that final result. The instant gratification, seeing that final result that people are like, oh, I'm going to try that now. And then they actually see the reality and it's like, yes, yes. And that's, and so I don't, I don't want to deter people from trying bodybuilding. It's definitely a great experience. Um, I recommend people try it at least once to see what it's like, Yeah, but keep, but there are a lot of things that people just don't consider, you know, not you know, not just the fact that you're sometimes in caloric deficits for long periods of time, but also the fact that there, if you don't find the right coach, like you're doing gym two a days, you know, that's not necessarily the healthiest thing. Yeah. Um, you're exhausting your body for long periods of time. You have to make sure that you're on point with your meal prep. Do you have the skill to meal prep? You know, like, do you know what that's like? Do you have the skill to be able to like manage your time and make sure that you get to the gym and get all your lifts in and also meal prep and get all your meals in and, you know, like do recovery stuff. Like there's, I kid you not, my schedule when I was an undergrad and meal prepping or, and prepping for a show was I'd wake up, I'd go to class. I'd have all six meals in a six pack gym bag with me that I would carry around campus so I could eat in class because I had timers that went off every four hours. And then I would come home after class and I would go to the gym and be there till 11 PM. And I would wake up and I would do it all over again. Wow. And I did this for like four years and (laughs) it was exhausting. Like it was great. Don't get me wrong. The reward of like walking around with a six pack that most people never see in their life was amazing. It was awesome. You felt good about it. You're like, yeah, I did this. Like I did this. I look good. I built up this muscle. I put in the work, but like you're exhausted, like you're mentally, physically, emotionally exhausted. And people don't see that. Like people don't talk about it. People don't talk about the fact that there are bodybuilders that gain 20 pounds two days after a show. Like, think about how unhealthy that is. Yeah, it's not necessarily wow. all fat, probably yeah. some water, but imagine how much food that takes to do that. You know, like there's, it's it's not the healthiest sport. And yeah. like I said, bodybuilders will hate me for this. I'm not bashing the sport. I've done it. Clearly, yeah. I like it, but there's, there are things that people need to consider. Yeah. And they don't. Wow. So. so I would say do your research. Yeah. And then just think about for you, like what is feeling good? Mm-hmm. You know? And yeah. Yeah. That's a hard, uh, just a hard kind of conversation to have too, but I enjoy it. And I just learned so much more from you. Like, cause you know, I've heard of bodybuilding. I've kind of yeah. been trying to like dabble in it a little bit with my, like mm-hmm. what works for me and just trying to have fun, trying to build strength and promote being a strong woman. We're not looking yeah. for skinny. We're looking for strong. Yep. I like it and for sure. <laughs> but um, we'll segue into our next question here. Uh, when did you start your wellness journey? Like what was like a very pivotal point? Like, okay. Like kind of look when you're reflecting, looking back. Yeah, I think I would say 
fall of 2014, um, I, I feel like this is such a cliche story, but I went through a breakup in fall of 2014 and, you know, you're, I was skipping classes. Um, I was kind of just sitting at home drinking wine and it was, it was like a week in like a week and a half into me skipping class and I was like all right like my parents paid for this tuition like I can't I can't you know not go to school um I'm gonna end up flunking out so I thankfully um I went to Wayne State University in Detroit and they had a really great uh counseling program where if you're a student you have the opportunity to get free counseling and so I signed up and started therapy and my therapist was like so I'm really glad you're here. Had you waited like another week, I'd have to officially say that you are diagnosed you with depression. And so you got here early. Good job. I was like, cool. Good. And that was simply because I was just like, this is wrong. Like, yeah, I remember sitting on the floor of my bedroom drinking wine like midday and I don't even drink like that, you know, like, what the, you know, it was so weird. And I was like, this is weird. Like, I, mean- I don't like this. I believe you. I was there too. And I wonder how many other women where it's like a breakup. We've all been there. We've all done that. And sometimes, yeah, drinking in the middle of the day, not our selves. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, this is, this, this feels right right now. I like you. This is what we're doing. Yeah. Um, But it was that day where I was like, okay, this is not like, I don't do this. This isn't me, you know? And so I'm glad I went and now it was a couple sessions in, um, to that where we were like, okay, so you need to make sure that you are doing something that's really taking up a lot of your time, which it sure did. <laughs> Got into bodybuilding. <laughs> yep, exactly. Uh, and something that's positive, right? And that was exercise. It was exercise, getting my nutrition and check, things like that. And that was really like the pivotal moment where I was like, all right, I guess we're doing this. Um, but I had that, that was the starter. And then I had, I think I mentioned earlier that moment with my, my now husband, who's a nutrition scientist. And he was like, all right, so you have, you're scrolling through social media before your show and like saving all of these food pictures that are sugary, fatty, you know, foods that you plan to binge on after your show. Um, You're, instead of just saving something that you've already eaten, you'd rather eat past fullness than to just save it for the next day. And so those were moments um, a few years into my bodybuilding where I was like, okay, so this is another journey that I need to go on and now fix this relationship with food that I have. Um, so I had, I had two really big pivotal moments in that. (laughs) Wow. I, I just find it amazing just hearing your story and just, yeah, really having to rewire your brain from experiences that they just blow my mind, to be honest, because like, I understand like how hard it can be sometimes. And I guess a little bit of my story too, like when I was, whenever I suffer with like depression or like high anxiety, I just stop eating. And so then those moments, like you have to force yourself to eat with that. And, but just how hard hard you work to train, but I'm just saying too, like how hard you work to train. And then like, I know, like I keep saying too, I don't know too much about bodybuilding, but then yeah, like how you're pretty much like starving your body to get those muscles to pop out. Like I can understand why at some point you had to rewire your brain to get back to those healthy habits. Like, holy crap. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, 
like I said, there are definitely people and coaches who some people are just genetically gifted where yeah. you're, you're lean at 1800 calories. You're not even in that big of a deficit. You know, you're not hungry. None of that, but there are some people who start off and, you know, it takes that particular level of dedication and it's, it's hard. And especially, you know, prop to the people who do this with anxiety or like battling depression in the process or do it after a depressive phase. Yeah. It's, it's hard. Like, I don't know how many, um, how many people who are listening have ever battled even mild depression, you know, like it's hard. You don't want to do anything. And most professionals will be like, well, you have to, you have to be like, you have to be mentally strong enough to just push yourself out of this depression and go and, you know, get outside or exercise or hang out with your friends. But like when you're in this phase of that, like, constant circular mindset where you're like I'm tired so I'm not gonna do anything and because I'm not doing anything I'm tired because I'm thinking about how I'm not doing anything and it's like it's hard it's It's, so hard that's exactly where I was just this past November December so I completely resonate with what you're saying and I hope others listening resonate with that too and feel free to leave some comments and you get a conversation going because we are all here for each other Yes. Those moments sure. are hard, but I think too, how you come out of those moments help you evolve into the person that you're supposed to be and make you stronger. And hundred percent. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just preach girl, preach. Oh. I, <laughs> I am just thinking back to my depressive time. And then I'm so proud of you for getting out of that. I'm Thank proud you. of myself for getting out of yes. those moments too. And that's what I want this community to be about is we are all strong women here for each other. And we all go through kind of similar shit. Yeah. We really do. Yeah. It might be a little different, but down to the core of it, it's very, very similar. Yeah. Yeah. But life, life happens for sure. I'm going to kind of skip two of the questions that I had because I feel like we kind of went over them because they were like, like what made you decide and how was your mm-hmm. kind of journey evolved over time? And you really did touch on those very, very nicely. So then in one year from now, what are your current goals and where do you see yourself now? Or see oh, yourself man, being in one year. One. That's a good one. Okay. This is a good, this is a good little like refresher for me too, you know, like perfect my goals and stuff. Um, okay. So I am, I have quite a couple, quite a couple, <laughs> I have a couple board exams to study for. So I'm hoping to be a board certified behavior analyst, um, get my board exam done with that. Uh, certified health and wellness coach. Woo-hoo. Um, whoop, whoop. And I'm hoping to have, I guess I don't have numbers in particular, but just having that, have a thriving business where I can help as many people as possible, either reach their health goals or create systems around their ADHD. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure people listening are a little like confused. Like, I don't get it. You, you talk about ADHD, but like this whole thing is about health and wellness, but so I myself um, am an adhd I do have ADHD. I was diagnosed earlier this year, suspected I've had it for about a decade, but never looked into it. Um, so the reason that I transitioned into specializing in that was because of my journey, uh, my family's journey, because um, I have family members who also have ADHD. And, but my passion is still that health and wellness. Like I truly believe that our, on our health is based off of our movements throughout the day, mm-hmm. 
the foods that we eat, you know, um, that's where the longevity is, the practices and habits that we have in place around that. And so I want to make sure that I can spread as much knowledge around that and create help as many people create healthy habits, you know, in their environment, home, work, family, whatever it may be. And just be able to spread like love and positivity and knowledge into the world. That's my whole, you know, my goal. Um, and in terms of not business stuff, hoping to be pregnant by next year. So that'd be, that'd be yeah. cool. Yeah. Little babies. Yeah. So little that'll be nice. Lily. I don't know yes, what your husband's I name know. is, but plus husband. <laughs> Ma- Matthew and Lily, little, little curly haired babies. That'd yes. be great. I'm, yeah, I'm here for that. <laughs> curly hair girls all the so, way. Mine's up right Yes. Now. Yes. I dig it. I'm here for it. I'm, I'm all about the curls. Yes. All about the curls. Um, so yeah, I think those are like my big, my big main, you know, anything else that comes along is awesome. Um, I love making connections with people. So whoever's on here, like reach out. I love talking like I'm, I'm yeah. a chatter, you know, Feel and I can free. just tell I, too, through our conversations on Instagram yes. that like us connecting just felt good and felt right. And I was so excited. And I was like, I haven't reached out to you yet about my podcast. I need to do that. Like Kind of yeah, just yeah. For the moment, starting <laughs> for sure. And I love, I love like teaching. So if people have questions, like everyone's always like, you just give free advice, and I'm like, I like, I love teaching. You know, yeah. So that's something that I'm realizing too. Like, I feel you with that. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a very rewarding experience to be able to like teach somebody something. They're like, oh my gosh, like. I get this, or this is me and be able to connect like that. Um, I found that so many people feel like they're alone nowadays where they feel like, oh, like I'm battling depression or anxiety by myself, yeah. I'm ADHD and nobody knows. I, you know, I'm, I have disordered eating habits and I don't want to tell anybody because I'm embarrassed, but like, there's so many people out there who deal with all of this. And so if I can spread, you know, more knowledge about it, more yeah. information, talk more about it, I'm that's that's all I want. Yeah. And I think being a, a good point to just make too is like being being a catalyst for like correct knowledge, like mm-hmm. not spreading false information. Like I yes, feel like girl. there is so much of, and that was a big thing why for a little while I needed a social media cleanse. So I literally deleted all my social medias for a while and nice. I like that. Thank you. That Restarted, rebranding. Yeah. Yeah, that's the way to go. Yeah. And that's, and you're 100% right. That is, I hate to say it. It's so hard to determine what is right. And I guess not necessarily right, but like what's beneficial and what's, I'm going to say wrong because there is wrong information out there. Like there's just some shit that you hear and you're like, where did you, what is this? Yeah. Like, like there was, yeah, there was, um, I told you this. Someone's, Instagram reel that I saw and I knew her intentions were good but some of the knowledge behind it I was like I'm sorry that's not fully right (laughs) and the worst part is that you have I don't know if you follow um like damn I can't remember his name right now but there's this there are these two doctors okay one of them is a dentist and he gives nutrition advice and I'm like bro that's not even your area special that's a dentist it's it's not even your area of specialty. Like, yeah, gut, gut health is not what you went to school for. And that's the other no. thing. Like, I just want to 
let like let people know when you're doing your research for coaches for information do your background research on yeah. person. like think about it will it make sense if you go to a cardiologist who's giving advice on teeth probably not yes you know, <laughs> no, <I'm kidding>. like, <laughs> I, I hope I hope not you know you're not you're not gonna yeah. stick to that you know like so don't yeah. go to a dentist for advice on gut health or a you know a neurologist for advice on like how to take care of and they might know how to take care of your eyes but like how to take care of your teeth you know like things like that yeah you're not gonna go to a podiatrist like, for your heart. It's- I would understand if he was like tying it to like maybe mouth health then yes like how certain foods yes. affect your mouth or like maybe agreed. bacteria in your mouth agreed yeah here we go but yeah exactly that's okay but like there is just every now and then you'll see people and you're just like uh no that is just mm-hmm. not not even remotely true at all like even if you know biology of the human body or anatomy or any like not even remotely true and people believe it and it's because the person has a credential Mm -hmm. right like I'm big I've been talking a lot about advocating on my page um lately because I've been experiencing a lot of people who have ADHD and just it's not that they don't do their research is that there's so much information and that they trust their doctor so much that they don't question their doctor and I can get it's intimidating and, you know, and you see your personal doctor and then doctors on social media and you hope, Hey, you're a doctor. You should know, right? Like take things with a grain of salt. Even what I say, take it with a grain of salt, go look it up yourself. You know, everything, everything on social media is not always accurate information. Um, do your background research, not just on the information, but on the person providing the information. If something doesn't click, maybe there's a reason. Yeah. And then, yeah, find what works for you. What makes yep. you feel good on the inside? Cause then it will radiant on the outside. Like, yes, yes. 100%. What works for me might not work for you. you exactly. Know, no two people are the same. That's the hard part about even doing research with humans and nutrition, especially is because something that works for someone isn't going to work for another. Exactly. It's so exactly. it's hard. It's a hard field. That's also yeah. why I could not be a research person. <laughs> Yeah, there's so much, and like you want to do so much. I said this, I had this exact conversation with somebody else who is actually in a PhD program, and I was like, I can't be in a PhD program because I'd want to do like five different research topics. Yeah, they only make you pick one. <laughs> Can no, I, do I can't. five? Yeah, they like, I mean, if you want to be in school for like twenty years, sure. <laughs> I think I'm okay with school right now, on my personal level. Ditto. Ditto. All That's right. exactly how I feel. <laughs> We'll round out this interview with the final question here. What is one piece of advice that you wish you had before starting your wellness journey? Wow, that's a good one. Um, This is a very simple one, but something that many people, including myself, don't really consider or give ourselves props for. Be okay with taking small steps. Um, you know, we, we're oftentimes trying to look at the end result so frequently and see like what the end result is going to look like that we forget what the journey is about. And so if you're part of the journey and you're present for the journey, it's just as rewarding as getting the end result. 
But if you forget that it's about taking small steps, you'll get overwhelmed very quickly. You'll likely fall off track because you're trying to do too much and you just simply won't see the reward in actually learning the skills that you need because you're so focused on just being there that you miss out on the experience of longevity, which is really what habit building is, is understanding how that forms and then keeping it up in the long run. If you don't have the formation, I can, like I said, I can learn macros all I want, but mm -hmm. if I don't have the skills of, you know, intuitive eating or mindfulness and understanding how to put together a plate, understanding, um, you know, hunger cues and whatnot, I can count macros for the rest of my life, but can I, you know, go out to eat and have a well-balanced meal? Can I enjoy time with my friends without feeling like I am going to, like my stomach is going to explode, you know? So really enjoy those small steps and be okay with like taking things one by one. You know, if you're starting to drink more water, be okay with only drinking five ounces today instead of an extra gallon, you know, that's going to make it, the extra gallon is going to make you feel way worse and make you definitely not want to drink more water as opposed to that extra five ounces. Yeah. Take, it, take the journey for what it is instead of like looking at that end result, which is what we all want to do. That was beautiful, Lily. Thank you. And honestly, I needed that reminder right now because I think finally in my life for the first time, I am enjoying the journey and seeing where it. it takes me. And that's important. And that, that'll keep, that'll be around for way longer than that end goal, right? Because people yeah. set goals and goals change. But like, if you're enjoying the journey and you're just doing this, just because you're like, I just want to be a better person. You know, yeah. I just want to be healthier. Like I talk a lot about um, with my clients, a particular values driven uh, action, right? So like, we have goals, but what are your values? Your values are things that you consider every single day. And, and this is what leads you to your behaviors, right? So if you value being a healthy person overall, it doesn't matter what it looks like, right? It doesn't matter if you're going to the gym or if you're taking walks outside or if yeah. you're playing with your kids, right? Like you're active, you're healthy, you're taking action as opposed to just being like, okay, well, this is a goal of mine. My goal is 50 pounds. And once I lose 50 pounds, I'm done. You know, that's not, yeah. that's not enjoying the journey. That's not learning the skills. No, it's not just sustainable getting there. It's not, no, not at all. Not at all. Well, thank you so much, Lily. I enjoyed this so, so much. Thank you for having me. I did too. <laughs> awesome. This was a good time. So Tiffany, Thank you so much for sitting down and talking with me. So how would you tell us a little bit about yourself? Where are you from, your occupation, and a little fun fact? Okay, so my name is Tiffany. Um, I am from Oklahoma. I currently live in Texas. Um, you know, there's that big Texas-Oklahoma rivalry, but really there's no difference except Oklahoma's a little better. <laughs> oh, <ooh. laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> No, no, no. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Um, so my occupation, I'm a yoga instructor and I also own a small um, online boutique and a little fun fact about me. So I gave birth to my baby boy on the bathroom floor. <laughs> that is cool and interesting. And how, like, I guess how, how did that 
feel? Like, I'm just kind of curious because. So it's really weird to say, but it wasn't as painful as I thought it was going to be. It was a very intense process, but it happened really fast. It I was in labor the whole day. It was actually my due date, which was October 15th. I was in labor and I'm like, I I just didn't think I was in labor. I thought I was just having like some weird feelings in my stomach and I wasn't really sure what was going on. But my husband was like, you need to call your midwife and let her know like what's going on. And so I called her and it was kind of late whenever I called her, maybe around nine, 10, somewhere around there. I let her know and she was like, okay, well just rest, try to get, try to get some sleep and then call me if anything changes. So as soon as I got off the phone with her, things were like, they got intense. We started timing my contractions, which I didn't even know there were contractions. I'm just going to tell you when I feel something and you do whatever you need to do. I told my husband and they were every like four or five minutes apart. And then I was like, I just want to go to bed. I want to go to bed. It had been about an hour. And um, he was like, how are you going to go to sleep? I was like, please just help me to the bed. He helped me to the bed. And as soon as I got to the bed, I felt sick. Like I was going to throw up and I was like, give me a trash can. And I threw up. And as I was throwing up, my water broke. And he was like, okay, okay, let me like, I'm going to call the midwife. So he calls her and he's trying to like hand me the phone to talk to her as I'm throwing up. I'm like, well, I, I can't, well, you know, I can't talk. Um, so they had their conversation, but then I, you know, the nausea passed and I was like, I'm going to get in the shower. I just want to get in the shower. I got in the shower and I was in the shower. I was in like a low lunge position. Yeah just like chilling. I don't know. And then I got out of the shower and I was on the floor in my bedroom. And I remember I saw this TikTok video of this lady. She said to put your knees together and have your feet kind of out. So that's what I did. And right as I thought, like, I don't know if I'm allowed to cuss, but like, what the fuck did I get myself into? My midwife walked in and she just like walked in. She was so calm. She laid out her bag. She came, she put her hand on my shoulder. She asked, um, she asked me a question, uh, like if I wanted to be checked or something. I was like, no, no, I have to go to the restroom. And she said, well, it might feel that way, but that's your baby. But if you want to, if you want to get on the toilet, we can go to the toilet. So her and my husband picked me up. They put me on the toilet and I didn't push. I just broke out in a sweat uh-huh. and my body just pushed and my baby started coming out. My, my other two kids were sleeping. My brother was there. I didn't even know that my brother was there. Um, and then she said, okay, let's get you on the floor. Let's get you on the floor. I got down on the floor. I had one foot planted or one knee planted. I was up on one foot leaning over on my husband. And then she said, push. And I was like, I can't, I felt like I couldn't, but she said, yes, you can. So I took a breath and I pushed. And then my husband was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, he's here. And then there he was. (laughs) That is so cool. It was awesome. So then he 
didn't cry. He just laid there and he was just like looking around. And I was like, do we need to like suction him or wipe him? And she was like, no, he's fine. And then she told me to pick him up. I picked him up and then they picked me up and carried me to the bed. <laughs> That's insane. Cause that was your, your third child then. Cause you said your other two kids were sleeping. Yes. How were your other two like births then? So my first, um, my daughter, she's six. I had a C-section with her. I wanted to do a a home birth, but you know, I was, my husband was like, no, we can't do that. You know, it was my first. And I was like, okay, fine. Um, And she was in a position that they called Frank breach. And I really wasn't like educated on things. So I just kind of went along with what my daughter or my doctor said. Yeah. And I went ahead with the C-section. And then with my middle, um, my first son, um, I had a VBAT in hospital and I did have an epidural. Um, But this time I was like, I really want the birth that I always wanted. I want to be at home and I really want to experience it. And I did. And it was awesome. And it was the best. That is so beautiful. And thank you for sharing that because I have another, another friend who had a similar kind of birth, but did the water birth. Uh huh. And cause I even asked her too, like, how did you like go through it without like the epidural and like, cause I, I guess I just kind of always hear horror stories and mm-hmm. I'm sure there's women still in my situation, you know, like have never had a kid. I don't know what that feels like yet. Mm-hmm. Still kind of freaks me out just because, you know, you hear some horror stories where yeah. so much pain and it's just like, yeah. and sometimes, you know, like women tear, I mean, it's every birth is different. Yeah. You know, my next birth if I have one, I don't know if yeah. I, will. I don't plan on it, but you know, it could be totally different, but yeah, my home birth experience was the yeah, best. Yeah. That's so beautiful. And yeah, I just find it amazing too, how like in the past, if women had like a C-section, let's say for their first kid, uh-huh. it was kind of tri- like typical. They would just have another C-section or something yeah. if they had another kid, but that's so amazing how you were able to go from that. And I think with that experience with how your daughter was positioned, of course, it was probably the best to do it that way. I don't fully know, you know, education much on that position specifically, but, um, you know, just doing what you have to do, but then yeah, being able to have the natural birth after, like, that's just such a woman thing. And yeah, it's such a, our body is literally a machine. It is insane. And just crazy and such a beautiful process so sorry I went off on a little rant there I tend no, to do that. our bodies our bodies are amazing I totally agree with you it's crazy how you know I sit here and I'm like he grew inside of me for nine months and then now my body is still nourishing him you know and it's just like it knows what to do like I said I did not push my body just started doing it yeah and I did I had to do one push and I probably didn't even have to do that but I mean my I body just did it but all right, we'll go into a little bit of topic change here. Cause I'm also curious too, you said you were a yoga instructor. And yeah. so what got you into starting that? Was that kind of where your wellness journey began? You want to kind of, so I've had a personal yoga practice for probably 10 years. Um, probably about 10 years. I was, I was 18. So a little more than 10 years. Um, but through, like my whole life, I've been involved in sports. Um, growing up, I played basketball, softball, volleyball. I was a cheerleader. I ran track. I, I mean, I did everything. And I, I'm not a, na- the thing is, as I say all that, but I'm not a natural athlete. 
you know, people, there's some people that are just like the bomb.com at everything they do. And Genetics. that was, that, <laughs> I know that was not me. I had to work like really, really hard at things. I remember, you know, growing up in the summertime, um, our basketball coach wanted us to spend like so many hours in the gym and I would be in there like practicing for hours trying to get my free throw. And some girls would come in there and just like write on the charts that they were there and leave. But those were the girls that, you know, they probably didn't, you know, they were just, like I said, the bomb.com already. So I've always had to work really hard at, at all, at all my stuff. You know, I'm just not a natural athlete. I'm like a slow runner. So that's why I ran track to try to get fast, you know, for basketball. Um, but as far as my, me becoming a yoga instructor in 2020, that's when I, I had always wanted to be a yoga instructor. Growing up, I said I wanted to have like yoga and wellness retreats, uh, like a retreat center. And that's still one of my goals. But during 2020, um, I had an opportunity to attend a yoga teacher training. So that's when I became certified. Um, the very first week in training, I started teaching. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to start teaching. I started doing yoga in the park and I've been teaching ever since. I love that. That's so beautiful. Cause I think too, the best way to just become an instructor is to almost just do it. Mm -hmm. Baptism by fire. Like just, just do it. Just do it. So then what really made you start that journey of yoga and wanting to instruct? So the first time I did yoga was with my friend, Kinsey. And it's so like cliche to say, I feel like, but it was such a magical experience like it was just so I mean there's no other word but magical and I I was like okay like I want to do this like for the rest of my life I love this I love this feeling I love these movements I just I love this um and yoga has got me through a lot of like really intense times in my life you know like it's got me through grief um, it's got me through pregnancy. Like, I, I mean, I did yoga every single day throughout my pregnancy. It's just gotten me through so many highs and lows. It's been that, that consistent thing. And I think everybody needs yoga. So that's really why I wanted to start sharing it with people, you know, and there's sometimes people think they have a bad opinion about yoga, you know, but there's really nothing, you know, it's just connecting your movement with your breath. It's moving mindfully. Yoga yeah. can literally add years to your life. And I think everybody should do it. So I just, that's why I want to do it is because I want everybody to do it. See, and I relate to you with that too, because I'm in the process of getting my certification because with what exactly you just said resonated with me so much and it's just such a mind, body, soul, spirit connection, mm -hmm. the entire just practice of it. And even if you just are looking for a stretching routine, you mm -hmm. can just have that from yoga too. If you're looking more for the spiritual side of things, you have that option as well. Like it's such a versatile practice and it's what and the, you make of it. And the thing is too, is that even when people aren't necessarily, necessarily looking for that, they still experience it in some way or another, because that's just, like I said, yoga is, is magical. You know, you take the time to be mindful about your movements. And I'm sure, you know, in every yoga class, there's a time of stillness and whether you get into that, 
that time of stillness and you're like fidgety through it, or, you know, you're the one that's like on your phone or whatever. Eventually, if you keep going to yoga class, you're going to be still. And like stillness is again, magical. It is. I know it took me a while to get to that point. How long did it take you to get to that nice still? I mean, well, it's, it's a continued practice. Some days I can just drop right in, but other days I'm like, oh my gosh, the baby, oh my gosh, the other little baby, oh my gosh, the laundry, oh my God, you know, it's like monkey mind. So it's not like, it's a, it's a everyday practice True. and some days are easy and some days are not. And how do you get over like, Cause I know for me, I struggle with just being hard on myself. And sometimes when I do get that monkey brain, I'll still get hard on myself. How do you overcome like feelings of that or like the perfection feelings? You know, I just, there, there is n- no such thing as perfection. And I've really, I've just, it's a thing that you have to tell yourself. I, it is easy to get hard on yourself about things, but you just have to let yourself know in your mind that there is no such thing as perfection. Like some, my husband, you know, I'm kind of a, I don't want to say weird person, but I'm kind of a, you know, I'm a, I'm a weird, I'm a weird person. And he'll say like, you should have a normal schedule or you should do this. No, you know, he'll say normally. And I'm like, there is no such thing as normal. You know, this is my normal. So I just, I just have to reassure myself that, you know what, this, it's fine. It's fine. Every day is different and that's okay. And you just meet yourself where you are for that day. I love that. I need that reminder right now. So thank you. Yes. All right, we'll get into that next question then. How has your fitness and wellness routine evolved over time? So it's it's evolved in many ways. So fitness is my priority, but it used to be like my main priority. You know, I would get up and I would and I would do my workouts and stuff. Now I as a mom, I have other things that I need to do. So that I have to make sure are taken care of. And yeah, I have to make sure myself is taken care of, but you know what, when I have that free time, if I can get that even five minutes of movement in, that's what I do, you know, and also, you know, it kind of ties into the previous question that you were just saying, like, not being so hard on myself, if I can't do a full hour flow, okay, I got five minutes in, and that's fine, you know, Um, so that's, that's one thing that's evolved, but also just, just being more mindful, in, in what I do, you know, I could just before when I was younger, I could just go and just, just start working out. Now I have to warm my body up. I'm, I'm not old, but I am getting older and my body has been through things and I have to take care of my body. So really taking care of my body. Um, that's, that's something that I implement. Now I have to warm my body up. I have to prepare my muscles. I have to prepare my joints. Um, so that's something that yeah. has definitely evolved. Well, I think that's a good point to make in general, no matter what age you are, you should be warming up before your definitely. workouts enter anyways, whether that's yeah, starting with some stretching or like Even some cardio, breathing. Yes. yeah, I mean- breathing. I know I've actually started implementing like my ab routine before I do anything. Cause then that's kind of like a little bit of a warm up to getting my body, mm-hmm. my heart rate going. 
Um, if I'm doing legs, I might do like some squats with a band or something or, mm -hmm. but no, that's yeah. just an important point to make in general. Like you should be warming up your body anyways. Definitely. Don't just go bam into the workout. Yeah. Yeah. Your and body's not that, ready. <laughs> I know. And which that's something I I've been guilty of before, you know, Same. just not knowing how to properly do things. Yeah. And then even doing yoga, yoga can be an amazing warm up tool mm -hmm. as well as an amazing cool down tool. Yes. So definitely. versatile. All right. I got another good one for you. Where do you see yourself in one year from now on your journey? So in one year from now, um, as far as my personal journey for my personal, my personal fitness goals, I gained a lot of weight in my pregnancy and it's, it's not all about a number, but I was 140 when I started. And when I gave birth, I was around 215 and I just gained a lot of weight in my pregnancies. That's not because I wasn't doing anything. I literally did yoga every single day. I walked, I did, and I did other things as well. I did weight training. Um, so just personally, I want, and I, I feel it in my body. I'm still currently about 190 and, and I, I feel it in my hips. I feel it in my knees. You know, my body is talking to me. So I would like to, um, just be more consistent. I'm going, I'm not, I would not like to, I'm going to get more consistent in my, my workout routine, my personal workout routine. And um, as far as like my business as a yoga instructor, where I see myself in a year, um, I'm going to have private clients that I work with weekly. I want to, I'm going to have um, private clients that I see on a weekly basis and that I work with consistently. That's, that's where I see myself in a year. I love that. And I love how you talk about your body. And of course, like you, you just recently went through pregnancy mm -hmm. that, you know, naturally just puts the weight on because, you know, you're not only supporting yourself, but this beautiful human being growing inside of you. Yeah. Yeah. Being mindful of that. And then I just love how you talked about your body with, you know, how you're starting to feel it in your hips and like certain areas. I just liked that point that you made and then listening to your body and being like, okay, you know what? I can do this and I'm going to do this. Yes. It's, it's important when we take the time to tune in and mm -hmm. just like your body tells you every single thing it needs. It does. Your body tells you whenever you need more water, your head hurts. You yep. need to drink some water, you know, like it, it, it tells you everything it needs. Sometimes your stomach feels heavy. Okay. You know what? Let me put more vegetables on my plate and just take a little bit of the, the red meat off. Like it, it tells you, and you have to listen to it and honor it. Yeah. And that's again, going back to yoga and being more mindful and intuitive. Exactly. exactly. Love it. All right. My last favorite question to ask you, what's one piece of advice that you wish you had before starting your journey? One piece of advice that I wish I would had is just do it. And you know what? Everybody always says you need like a plan and this and that. And you know what? Just do it. It, everything will fall into place. You'll figure it out as you go. You can have a plan. And honestly, yeah, maybe that plan will work. But most of the time, the plan is just like a roadmap and nothing on the plan works and you have to figure it out anyway as you go. So just do it. Whether it's starting the business, just do it. Whether it's starting your workout routine, um, just do it. Like, just, Yeah, just do it. I really resonate with that. 
Cause along the way, you're going to learn, you're going to grow. You're going to, you're getting out you're of your comfort figure zone. It out. You're getting out of your comfort zone and that's what happens. Exactly. Well, Tiffany, thank you so, so much for joining me. Yes. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you learned something just as I've learned something. And yeah, if you are interested in being featured on this podcast, go follow me at Corey Nicole Fit on Instagram. In the link in my bio, you can find the Google document to be featured. It is also in the description box of this podcast as well. So don't forget to check that out if you're interested. And I hope you're interested. I would love to hear from you. I'd love to sit down and talk with you. And yeah, go follow these other amazing women that were featured. Give this podcast a follow. Hit the bell button so you're notified when I post new episodes, typically every single Monday. As always, stay happy and healthy. We got this, ladies. Have a wonderful week, and I will see you soon.